one of the few people who hasn't uh, used Zoom that much over the past two years. You know what, dude? Consider yourself one of the luckiest human beings of all time for that. <laughs> I've done like three podcasts, and I think that's pretty much my extent of Zoom. Zoom took over the world during this pandemic. It might be a, it might be a conspiracy. I don't know. But we, have to, <laughs> we have to roll with the punches, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, man. Seriously, absolutely, dude. It's been a long time coming. I've wanted to get you on just to to talk to you for a while, man. So I'm, I'm glad we can make it work. I have been very interested for a while. Well, dude. So what what is? Thank you, first of all, and secondly, what's been going on, man? What's been going on in your world? I haven't talked to you in a while. Oh yeah, I guess what Tuck Smith was the last time I saw you or Tuck spoke Smith to you. I didn't really get to talk to you, but I saw you at Kiss. Was that before Tuck Smith? Yeah, it might have been. That was after. Yeah. It was after. Yeah. It was like October. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's cool how we I see you at all at all these shows and events and events and shit. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, I, I like knew who you were, but I didn't I didn't really. And this I didn't know you like had no knew who the fuck I was. And I was like, oh, he like has death comes lifting shirts. It's like, I feel like <laughs> now that this guy knows who the fuck I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, like, I found you pretty early on when I moved to Pittsburgh, actually. And I'm not quite sure how, I don't know if it was a suggested ad or something like that on Instagram, but. Wow, man, that's super cool. It was, it was very early. Like, I won't, I don't know when you started, but I feel like 2018, maybe. Yeah. Or we, we started in 2017. So, okay. Yeah. That's so cool, man. It might've been like a, a Wednesday 13 connection, which we'll get to. We'll, we'll, I want to talk to you that, about that soon, but uh, okay. He's, he, he, he was, uh, I mean, he's one of my like fucking musical heroes and he was a, uh, he was very cool to support and like repost my shit and wear my shirts like early on. And he's still, he's yeah. still cool about that. So it might've been something like that too. But might anyway, have. But anyway, man, what's going, well, not to sidetrack you. What's up with you? Oh, not much currently. Just the winter times hit. So we kind of slow down with band shows around the holidays. Do you? Yeah. We get prepped up for 2022 now booking for january and beyond but december is always a rough month with booking and you never know like weather and all that so how's uh how's things going in the cheats world uh pretty good talk about doing good yeah good cool we've got some exciting shows coming up in 2022 and got a new album kind of a new album coming out and uh yeah, I think that's about all that's going on right now. Lots of songwriting for another like full length album. That's awesome. And how long, how long have you been in the Cheats? Uh, I started in March of 2018. Okay. And yeah, I don't even know. Maybe I, I might have, should have done my research a little better, but they've been, the Cheats have been around for a long fucking time. Yeah, like those, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, I, that's insane, dude. Like, yeah. for those listening that don't know, like, local Pittsburgh punk, like, absolute legends. Todd Sheets, like, if you don't know him, you don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, it's it's so it's so rad to see. They're always fun. 
always always fun to see live always just a great bunch of dudes man it's it's so cool to to know somebody and be you know be friends with somebody in the band and they're they're um always looking forward to what you guys do so anybody out there listening that doesn't know about the cheats like this is this is the time to to check the cheats out because you guys are good as ever man and thank I, you I, so much. I like i like the attitude you bring to it too i appreciate you know, that you're you're like uh glam rock kind of vibe and adding guitar playing is very is very cool in the, in the punk scene i think yeah i've always had a it, it just comes from the scandinavian stuff that i listen to my influences of like backyard babies that's my all-time favorite so it's a little bit of it's punk but it's got a little bit of the glam to it yeah it's got a little bit of that edge call that like trash rock or something like that you know? yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know how to define but, stuff anymore. There's so many genres now. Yeah. Well, where like where are you like actually from? When did you where how'd you get your start playing, you know, in bands and shit? Um, well, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in West, in southern West Virginia. Okay. And um just was always music obsessed from as early as I can remember going all the way back to Michael Jackson's thriller was like huge. I was like five years old and that was big. And um, I think I finally got a guitar around 12 years old and met other guitarists in high school. And we just, you know, I started from there, started playing little open mic night blues jams at bars that I definitely should not have been getting into at 15 years old. Um, Builds character. But, yeah. Welcome to Southern West Virginia in the early nineties. <laughs> there was like, no. they did not care how old we were in there. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's like some, uh, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to be friends with quite a few people from West Virginia and they're all, absolutely insane in the best way is the best way I can describe <laughs> that. You know what I mean? It's just very much. Yeah. So, so that's cool. So that was, that makes sense. That's like your formative years of rock and roll and playing in bands and stuff in middle of nowhere, West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. And was went it, off was to college. college. What's that? No, go ahead, man. You're good. I went off to college to major in music, did a couple of years majoring in music and just figured out that, a music degree gets you in an orchestra or uh, as a music teacher. And I wanted nothing to do with either. So then I just said to hell with school and yeah. went out and just started forming bands and going from there. And the, the rest is history. That That's cool, man. How long did it take you to bail on school? Uh, about two and a half years. Yeah. That's I got about I mean, two and a half years in. That's cool. I mean, at least you gave it a shot, bro. At least you, you went for something you believed in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, it's, it's cool to hear that though. Like I never went to college and I know, you know, whatever, I don't, I don't care if you do, if you do or not. Some people that's their path, but like, sometimes I think like, fuck, maybe I should have went and like studied something or come back. But like, now I'm like, I'm so fucking glad I didn't, you know what I mean? It's such like, a, I would have I not fit in, you know, what, what was I going to do with an art, degree or like something like that you know so 
it's inspiring to see that, you know, you don't always need that shit and shit can work out without that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, I, you know, I had some rough times, ups and downs in life. And there was a couple of times in the down portions where I thought, well, maybe I should go back to school. And I would just like look at like the majors and the programs that were offered. And I'm like, none of this appeals to me at all. Mm-hmm. There just mm-hmm. nothing interested me other than, you know, making music. So I've just kind of, I've never stopped. Hey man, you're living, you're living your dream and there's something to be said for that. You know, it's not shit like, you know, punk rock and selling uh, fitness clothing with coffins on them is not going to make us millionaires. I don't think (laughs) where we can still try, but you know, it's cool to like accept that. And then just like, live how you want man just live that's the lifestyle you want and you're making good shit that's helpful to people and you know people need music we need we need musicians we need punk rock bands you know so i love I, I love that i love hearing that man what um which brings me to my next question then for you what was like the first band that was like a real band that you were in that was kind of like okay we can go somewhere with this this is like could be successful might be the cheats. No, I had some, I had some decent stuff in the early years that um, I don't know if it could have been successful, but I get where you're saying about like the first real band was probably in Charlotte. Um, it was strip city centers. We hung around maybe two years, just never had anything major, but, put out an album and I think an EP Um, looking back, it definitely wasn't a hundred percent of what I was looking for musically. Mm -hmm. And once it ended, um, me and the bass player continued on in a new band called Dirtback Love Affair. And that one, (laughs) thanks. We, uh, we really went hard with that one. We were doing 30 day tours across the U S and, you know, everything was us oh, down to designing, doing the web coding for the web page, everything. We did it all. So I love that, man. So you, how, what even, you know, I feel like people don't know like what actually goes into like touring when you're not like fucking motorhead or something like that. Like, it's like, expensive and it's like shit you got to figure out yourself and uh you know it's, it's not necessarily all all glamorous but how was that for you like doing doing tours like that it was absolutely some of the best days of my entire life that's fantastic to hear far from glamorous um i love to travel i i could pack up my apartment and never have a physical address again in my life. That would be a dream to me. Um, But I was in a van, a shitty van that was cramped with all our gear and food. So we could make it cheaper and luggage, but I was with three of my best friends. We slept in there. We did every, you know, at truck stops, we'd sleep in the van. I think one night in Texas, it was so hot in the van. I slept on the roof of the van just to get kind of air like, and it was absolute blast eating dry cereal for three meals a day. And as long as we got the money for gas to the next show, we were good. 
true rock and roll lifestyle man that's not that's not for everybody but like I, i'm with you on that like i that's like my dream that's always been kind of like how i wanted to to live and that's the the way i simulate that is traveling to do conventions with the brand you know what i mean yeah that's the, that's the closest thing i got but <laughs> even that you know it's not like you make a you know a shit ton of money and it's 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 it can be kind of stressful but it's it's like you said it's totally fun man and that that's so cool to hear that you do that and you still the teeth the cheats still uh you 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 do a little touring don't you with that we do some traveling yeah yeah um some of the very first well it was booked before i even moved here i i was technically joined the band a few months before i moved to pittsburgh and I started rehearsal within five days of moving here and booked probably two or three months before I even moved here. We had a two week tour with a band from Switzerland called the Bitch Queens. So right off the bat, we were out on the road for two weeks and we'll do some three, four day runs here and there. You know, we want to get back to some two week or longer tours. Awesome. I'm always down for longer, especially my dream. I've still one of my big bucket list things is touring Europe, playing oh. music in Europe. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just 10 days, I'll check that off the bucket list and be good. I think you can make it, man. I think we can make it. We, we got this, you know? Oh yeah. What, uh, with this, uh, with this new album coming out, like what can, uh, what can you tell, tell us about that? And do you think that will lead to uh, more shows? because of that um this album's more of kind of like a special release thing it's uh it's not so with the cheats being 20 years old there's been a lot of stuff recorded that's never been released a lot of times in the studio we will just throw down a cover song because there's always compilation albums coming out you know do you want to be a part of this comp album tribute album so all lineups of the cheats have had different cover songs they recorded. And one day last year, Todd mentioned he'd like to put out a 20th anniversary cheats album. So it's going to be 20 cover songs that the cheats oh. have recorded. And we, the current lineup, we recorded probably seven or eight on the album. Okay. And it's, um, it's diverse. I love we made I would expect no less. It's you're going to hear stuff you'd expect from the cheats, and you're also going to hear stuff like, Whoa, I wouldn't even think these members to know who this band is. I love that. I love that. That's the that's the most fun kind of for I love covers out. I love when bands do covers, whether it's like faithful to the original or making it totally their own. Like, I'm if it's good, it's good. I'm down for it. I love covers. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to hear that, man. And but uh. I would totally expect from your guys like sense of humor and just the way you are that you would have some curveballs on there for sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, what made it when we were picking out the final, we needed like five or six to find, to get the tally up to 20. And we were trying to decide what we wanted to do. And there was two or three that I threw out there and I'm like, man, these are getting shot down. And nope. And especially like there was one that we decided we were talking about doing. Todd wasn't at rehearsal yet. And we learned it pretty quickly. We're like, well, we don't know if Todd will be into this, but he came down the stairs. He's like, Oh, that's one of my favorite bands. 
We're like, what? Wow. Never, never expected that for him to approve of this cover, let, him, let alone like the band. So <laughs> that's fucking all. I can't wait to hear it. I don't want that. You don't need to reveal it. I'm, we're going to be ex- excited when we hear it. When, when is it coming out? Do you know? Um, early next year. I think we're okay. shooting still for January. It's going to be limited release. Just um, sure. I don't think we're doing any of the streaming sites with it. Good. Maybe. Welcome. Yeah, I think we're. This is just going to be like we're not doing vinyl either. So it's just going to kind of be a limited release. Just something fun for the diehard fans. Yeah, man. For the that'll be cool for like the local scene and stuff. I'm. You will let me know, man, because I definitely want one for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Put me on the list <laughs> for sure. That'd be that's fun, man. I would. Do you? When's your next show? Do you have it planned or no? Um, we've got. I think there's something January fifteenth. Okay, so some sometime next early next year. Yeah, we've got January fifteenth, and then we've got some stuff in April. Nice, um, man. Sure, we'll get some stuff in between those two, but. Hell yeah, man. Did you uh, did did any covers you recommended for the record? Did did any get shot down? Were there any that were too crazy that we could talk about? One got shot down, and I I don't think it was any reason too crazy. It was simply our drummer was like, "I'm so bored playing this. There's nothing uh, for me to do." And it was Bowie's Moon Age Daydream. I love that song. I do too, but I get it. Once I went back and listened to it, I'm like, yeah, there's not really a lot of room for Kyle there. So I didn't fight much with drums with on Bowie, really. Yeah. So it was, I could understand that one. I think our final list, I was so happy with. It's a great, it's a fun album to listen to. Expect no less, dude. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to see you guys play it again, man. But, uh, Fun fact, seriously, I, I've said this on this podcast before for those that have, have to listen to me babble about it, but Ziggy Stardust is my favorite record of all time. I heard you mention that in a podcast I was listening to recently. Really? That's so funny. Yeah, yeah man. So that like makes me so happy that the <laughs> Moon Age Daydream was in there. You know, that's it's one of my all time favorite songs. Just that that opening line, just the oh. power behind it. Yeah, it's yeah. just. The dynamics on that song are incredible. And I mean, you're a guitar player. So like Mick Ronson, dude, like his, his solo on that live, especially is like, that's another planet. That's like, that's, that's something like I can only aspire to even try to sound like it on on any level, you know, was, uh, was Billy a big influence on you? Um, I, I, you could say no. <laughs> I'm going to say probably not. Like, yeah. I'm a huge fan, but I don't think anybody's ever going to say, oh, I can tell he's got some Bowie in him. Like, yeah. you know, so I don't think he's ever been a huge influence, though I've been a massive fan for a long time. Okay. I got you. So what what bands or, or musicians would you say were, like, some main influences for you? Um. I'd say my biggest backyard babies. They're my all-time favorite band. Specifically, their guitarist Dragon. His work okay. in the helicopters as well. Um, discovering the Wild Hearts, oh, and yeah. I was late discovering them. I, it was probably like 2002, 2003 when I found them, and 
that just completely changed my entire musical path because that put me that's what opened up the door to the helicopters to backyard babies to glucifer to turbo negro to all the stuff out of that like scandy rock yeah man. that's a fun scene man that's a that's a whole fun vibe the wild hearts opened the door completely for all that that's so cool man we were just talking about turbo negro on the uh on one of our previous podcasts man like rest in peace hank von hell dude seriously that was a bummer that was shocking i know man i I didn't even i didn't even read into it but do, do you know what happened I don't. I've heard speculation, but yeah. I mean, when any of these like rock stars die, like the first place you go to is drugs, you know? Yeah. So that's just how that's, that's just like, whether it's true or not, that's unfortunately like usually the, the, the thought that comes up, but either way, man, I mean, what, what a contribution that guy made to music and what, what a special artist he was, man. Oh yeah. And I feel like, like these two solo albums were just incredible too. Like what he could have kept doing. Um, I wasn't an old school Turbo Negro fan. I know a lot of the the fan base doesn't like the stuff with the new singer Tony as much as they do with Hank. And I'm like, uh, for me, I'm happy with the split because I get great. I love the new stuff with Turbo Negro mm-hmm. and I get Hank solo. So to me, it's like, okay, I get two times the great albums since they split. I'm with that. That's a great attitude to have, man. I feel that way about like, you know, the whole, the whole Sabbath debate, Ozzy versus Dio. I'm like, I love both of them. You know, I love Alice Cooper, the original band. I love Alice Cooper solo stuff. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's the way to embrace music and look at it. Like, what's the point of arguing about it? It's there for us to enjoy. Like, right. you know what I mean? That's, that's the way to do it. But uh, seeing you at Kiss was fucking awesome because that was one of my, I was such an unexpected. First of all, we didn't have tickets to that show. Somebody gave us those tickets and like, you guys were fucking close and we were a little bit closer than you. You know how like awesome those seats were and shit. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So I, I feel like we both got hooked up with those tickets, which was awesome. And I wasn't even planning on going till that morning. And my expectations were quite low for Kiss, dude. And I was blown away. I had the most fun at that show, man. What did you think? I had a blast. I had a blast. Um, I, I wasn't crazy about some of their song selection, but one that's one of those bands I, I like. Can't say I love. Yeah, I have seen them multiple times, but never that close. And if I hadn't gotten a hookup and on my tickets, I wouldn't have gone. I know that's that was funny. We were talking about because it's the same way with me. Yeah, yeah. To see them that close, I think my what really got me on it was watching the actual production of it. Right, like huge. Just see, like seeing the little stuff, how it really is theater. You know, the the fog goes off so the guy can run out and bring Gene Simmons his flaming spear. So the fog hides him. And and just looking at all the little stuff, like a local punk band like us, this is one thing that struck me big time at that show. A local punk band like us, if we had the water bottle holders on our mic stands, people would laugh us off the stage and I'm standing there and I'm like, 
Kiss has fucking water bottle holders with water bottles on their mic stands, but they're all taped up in black tape. So they're not obvious. Right. But it stuck out to me. I was focused on these water bottles. <laughs> really? That's so funny. Mic, on the mic stand. Because I would laugh at any local band doing that on stage. Of course, man. There's no doubt that Kiss has license to get away with shit that most bands could never get away with. Because yeah. Of Kiss. yeah, exactly. That's funny. Being a local punk musician, you would you would pick up on that. And that that's funny that you fixate on that because I could totally see that. That's really funny. <laughs> I was impressed being, you know, being in the fitness world, just the fucking physicality of those dudes at that age, you know. Exactly. I mean, I always like Kiss, dude. They're awesome. And, like, I, I love their songs growing up. They were, like, superheroes. Like, I totally was in. I, I dug them. But, like, seeing them live is a whole other thing. I did not expect, you know, Paul Stanley, 70 years old, to be dancing in high heels and smashing his guitar. And, you know, when he flew out to the stage, I'm, I'm sure you noticed, you know, how he, he did his thing. He wasn't hooked up to anything. He just fucking did no. his chin up and just held yeah. it. You know what I mean? It was not fancy at all. It was a stick on a fucking bungee. And he just, I mean, that's, that's awesome to me. You know, that was inspiring to see. Oh yeah. To be that age. That was the thing that got me to yeah. was why, and just, it, it cannot be easy to walk around in those outfits and play, right. you know, to physically play. Yeah. And play well. And, you know, to perform, perform let alone just stand around being 70 or whatever you know but to perform and actually actually do a good job like i was i was blown away at that you know i was like okay well like love them or hate them like i feel like you got to respect that you know? oh yeah i think that's always been my thing whether i've been a fan of what their current release or newest release is or whatever yeah no matter what i've they've been one of those bands that i know the influence that they've had sure you know that you just cannot take that away from them what the what they their accomplishment and how they influenced music yeah man and like especially from from my end like i grew up in the you know basically in the 90s right so i thought like marilyn manson rob zombie wednesday 13 the murder dolls like that that was all my shit you know what i mean but like going back and being older and like kind of appreciating you know tracing the roots back i mean like all my favorite artists would be nothing without kiss or alice cooper or david bowie so kind of like being older and like you know developing an appreciation for the old stuff where like that stuff comes from because like any good artist, like they'll tell you, like they talk about like who they're influenced by. And then you pick up on that. So that's why I always held them like, you know, very high because everybody I grew up listening to was, you know, they'd be nothing without Kiss or Alice Cooper or anything like that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Which brings me to what I want to talk about with you. How do you know Wednesday 13? Because I know you know Wednesday 13, which is awesome to me. So it was I was living in Charlotte. Yeah. And I got the Murder Dolls album, not knowing he was from Charlotte. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. There was such a, there, you know, Buck Cherry was out at the time and a few other things that was kind of touching on that old glam rock. But man, the Murder Dolls, it just straight up sounded like something that could have been on MTV in 1988, 89. Yeah. You know, it just yeah, yeah. it had glam sound, and I was I was like, man, I love this. 
And I hung, this was well before MySpace. Um, well, maybe not super far before MySpace, but I hung, I printed out flyers. I was looking to put a band together and I hung flyers around Charlotte. And, you know, you list your influences and the murder dolls were on there. Sweet. So fast forward a few years and um, I actually, I forget how me and Wednesday first spoke. I'd found out that he was from Charlotte. I didn't know he still lived there. And then somehow I found out he did still live there. Mm -hmm. Somehow we got in touch and we were going to see the same band. It was a smaller venue band. And uh, we met for the first time. And I can't remember if it was that night he told me or not, but it's, it was very early on in our friendship. He was like, I still have your flyer that had the murder dolls listed as an influence. And he, this is what he told me at the time. I don't know if it was lip service, just make me feel good or not. But he said, if Piggy D had not came in and crushed the audition for his first, the Transylvania 90210 album, he's like, you were next on my list to call, bro. And I always thought that was a funny story. I love that story because, you know, it's like, yeah, man. If Piggy D hadn't screwed up, would I be the bass player for Rob Zombie right now? You know, like maybe, maybe. I mean, isn't that crazy, dude? How those yeah. things, how those things happen. Like you said, whether it's true or not, I'm choosing to believe it's true. By the way, because I love you and I want it to be true. But uh, it, you know, so kind of sucks. But at the same time, like, how awesome is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and what in so much of what we do, and especially music, it's like right place, right time, who, you know, like how many, how many people were out there that, you know, were next in line to be X or, you know what I mean? There's a million people. It's, it's just knowing someone with that association is just fun. It's, that's hilarious. That's so cool, dude. Yeah. I, I love, I, I love that story just cause it's, yeah. it's, it's just funny to yeah, me. It's hilarious. And, it, I mean, and it helped bring a friendship, you know I mean? Wednesday now, I mean, that's had to have been, 15 years we've known each other now that's so cool man and that's all he's that's one thing i always i always loved about him too is um like i kind of got to know him and be and to be friends with him just from going to his shows and being a fan ever since i was 13 or whatever you know and he always hung out and talked to fans and stuff and i just like basically just kept meeting him at every show i would travel to see him and i just would like you know and now through what I do, he like thinks it's awesome. And we're like, you know, low key friends. And I think that's so cool. And you don't get that with, you know, Rob Zombie or like other people you grew up listening to. Like Wednesday 13 was like that level for me that it was like, it's not like a local band you can hang out with, but it's like small enough that he's, you could be personal with him. And like, he connects with his fans, like friends. And that's always been like huge, huge inspiration to me. Yeah. I've always, and I, what I really love about him is he's extremely genuine. Sure. Just yeah. like, I mean, that's the thing, like, too, I mean, obviously, the horror punk thing, it's not just a, I'm going to play horror punk to gain that crowd. Like, no, that is what he loves. I mean, his, he collects the toys, he does, you know, all this, like everything that is a part of his music is him. Yeah, that's him. And uh, I, that's one thing I've always t- 
taken from him is he is very much exactly what you see. He's never yeah. pretended to be something else and just genuine. Yeah. Just be your, be yeah. yourself. Yeah. You can't, you like that, that produces, that produces quality, you know, no one's going to, you know, it's never going to be shitty or, or feel contrived if you're just being yourself authentically, it's always going to, it's always going to be good. You know, whether you're a fan of it or not, it's one thing, but it's at least always going to be good. That's how I, I feel about it, you know, and uh, his new shit, especially, I mean, I feel he unfairly gets like categorized as like horror punk. I feel like that's so limiting, you know, like to me, to me, that's like, you know, three chords and, you know, dude, covering with the new band, like, yeah. especially since he's gotten this band, you know, they really, you know, these last few albums, uh, Fang Bang is one of my favorite albums. That was, we yeah. met right around the time that he was recording Fang Bang. Okay. And maybe that's why, but yeah, it's I, great, man. But also on a musicality level, there is just like another whole other level to what he's putting out now. Oh yeah. It's like, it's definitely more metal now. And it's, it's yes. way more complex and technical for sure. He has yes. like, a, his band is I mean, I don't know, Div, uh, I'm sure you've met Roman, his guitar player. Oh, yeah. Uh, that dude's, his guitar playing is so unique, and it, he's so good, it's so insane. You know, I don't even understand what he's doing, but it's it's, it's, so, it's so different, you know. Um, being a guitar player, I'm sure I'm sure you dig that, for sure. You're going to go see him when he comes back, right, in April? We'll be playing. We're the local opener. Are you opening for Wednesday? We're opening that show at the Craft House. Were, were you not going to tell me this until I asked? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm excited. I know I don't know what's been announced and what's not. You know, you're getting you're getting the exclusive, but nice. I'm like I'm super excited about it. You know, uh, yes, so, I love because it's cool. Like my old bands in Charlotte, we've I've opened for him a bunch of times, but uh, yeah. it's been a long time, and he was not at the level he's at now, so. It's almost like a little throwback to me. I texted him last night. I was like, hey, dude, just like the old Charlotte days, we just got put on this local opener for you in Pittsburgh. That's fucking so cool, dude. Thank you for dropping that bomb on the podcast, by the way. That's huge. That's huge <laughs> yeah. We'll be there. It'll be a party, man, for sure. Now now I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's so cool. Well, yes, sir. Cheers to that. Congratulations. That'll be a ton of fun, man. And that's something also cool about you guys and, and Wednesday 13. Any, I feel like anybody could open for Wednesday 13 and it would work. And I feel like you could open for anybody and it would be awesome. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. You have, you can put the cheats up there. It's either going to be you know, crazy, but it's going to, it's going to work. You guys are just a fun, a fun band to open the show because a shitty opening band can really suck. It can really take the vibe out of the way, man. You know that. Absolutely. You guys are not that. You guys are the perfect opening. You know, you get the crowd warmed up. It'll be a ton of fun. You know, nobody. How could you not love it? I hope so. I do hope. <laughs> oh, no, no, you will. There's no hope. You'll, you'll crush it, man. That's cool. Man. So I guess we should talk about fitness a little bit while we're here. What What's the I know you you I didn't talk to you. I don't think I know we've we've texted or whatever since you did your uh, big biking thing. but. Uh, how how'd that go? To, what's 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 that looking like for you these days? Oh man, that bike trip was one of the most amazing things I've ever done. 
I put it right up there with my backpacking across Sweden. That was that was one of the coolest weeks of my life. That's so cool to hear, bro. So what? Where where did you go? What went down? Um, started in Pittsburgh, and it's the Great Allegheny Passage is 150 miles from Pittsburgh to Cumberland, Maryland. In Cumberland, Maryland, you pick up the CNO Canal towpath, and it is 160 no 180 miles to Washington D.C. to Georgetown. Okay. I just packed up and biked the whole thing. Spent the whole week on the bike, camping out every night. Fucking awesome, bro! Bucket list item for a few years. And yeah, I, I it, it's just, yeah, it was hard to describe like that first day when I got out there and it's like, I'll do a 50 mile ride, camp out 50 miles back the next day. And my first ride that day, very first day was 62 miles to Connellsville, Pennsylvania. Okay. And, and I didn't feel all that different, but then the next morning, I wake up and it's like, wow, I'm not riding back towards home. I'm going another 60 miles on my bike. Like each day, you know, it feels a little bit more real because like, yeah, you're not turning around. And then like, once you get halfway through, it's like, yeah, I've kind of, I've got to do this because tomorrow, like if I turn around, it's the same distance as if I just keep going. So it was really, it was interesting mentally. I yeah, would say, I can I can like imagine. the way I want, like, I don't think I ever thought of giving up, but at the same time, you just think about, it, you're like, wow, am I really doing this? Am I really biking? I put in, in six and a half days, I think I finished up at 358 miles. Fuck yeah, man. That's crazy. And I'd never done anything even close to that. I mean, five years ago, I hadn't ridden a bike in two decades. Damn, so, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's inspiring, dude. That's awesome. So you picked up bike riding just five years ago? Like, kind of picked it back up, I should say? Yeah? Yeah, four to five years ago. Is that, uh, what, what about biking, you know, made you, was that, like, your preferred, preferred like, uh, activity, like, fitness-wise? Is that what you gravitated towards, or? No. Um, I think it really started with me going to Europe and coming home and I've just, I've been enthralled with moving to Europe, even if it's just for a year. I'd love to live for one year in Europe. And I came home wanting to live more European, I guess you could say. And so I started using my vehicle less. This was when I was living in Atlanta. Atlanta's not an easy town to get around in without an automobile. And I had one, but I just, I said, you know what, I'm going to park it as much as possible. And one day I thought, well, let's buy a bike, like a lot of the Europeans. So I bought a cheap used bike off Craigslist, and I just kept using it more and more and more. And my, it just kept building and kept building. And That's then really I've cool, year, and now it's – I've just topped out 1,500 miles biked for this past year. So – 
That's awesome, man. I mean, like you said, it's it's that's a mental exercise, probably more so than it even is a physical exercise. Not that not to put down that it's not physical, because like I haven't ridden a bike in forever, and there'd be no fucking way I'm biking 62 miles tomorrow, bro. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that, but it, it's definitely like a a mental endurance kind of thing. Like you just gotta like tell yourself like I'm I'm doing this, like I'm keeping going, and there's something to be said for that, man. You know, it's our. Uh, tenacious rock and roll attitude you know that yeah. there's, there's something about a uh, endurance sports also like biking and marathoning with like a lot of like uh you know people in recovery and like ex-addicts and like punk rockers and shit and like in they they like that shit you know they that's yeah. something that we you know, us people kind of gravitate towards because it's uh you know it, it is like extreme and you have to kind of have like the obsessive kind of crazy mindset to like actually do it to like a high level like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was one thing too. I guess when I started, when I started biking again, five years ago or so, I was in a three year period where I wasn't drinking. Mm -hmm. Well, so I was, that's awesome. That I think that was part of it probably too, was just something else to occupy time that was previously too often spent in the bars sure and you have you know more energy when you're not loading yourself up with depressants all the time you're like i need to fucking like do something (laughs) you know yeah that's cool man i went for a i went through like a two-year period where i didn't drink either for sure and that's a i feel like it's good to do that i have nothing against drinking I, i certainly will do it you know uh special occasions and all that shit i'm not a prude about it but i do think it is very uh very good for you to take a cleanse and kind of like reset, you know, your oh, body for sure. Yeah. I, I got pretty bad with it myself. That was also the problem. I got, I went over the edge and it was. We all do, man. Well, maybe not all of us, but I a lot to, of us I had to get myself in check. And I, I feel like I did that. I mean, I can't sit here and pretend to be perfect now that I never wind up drunk accidentally, but and maybe a here and there on purpose, but yeah. um, it's nothing like the old days. And that's, it feels fantastic. That's good, man. So, you know, you're taking your health more seriously these days. And what, what else do you, what else do you do fit, fitness wise besides bike? Do you, uh, do you have a lifting routine at all or a gym thing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm three days a week. I'm in the gym lifting. Um, also, typically man. one. One to two days a week, I'll do biking. In the summer, I may do more biking than lifting. And then in the winter time, it kind of just depends on what the weather's like. But Right. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Now, you know, biking season's kind of coming, slowing down with how it's getting cold. Yeah. 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 I don't foresee any 50-mile days in my future. But I still like to try and get out and get 10 or 15 once a week. You know, if if – if the weather's good twice, I'll still get out there twice a week. That's cool, man. What, uh, what gym do you go to? Um, I'm downtown right by market square. It's the Etage athletic club. It used to be the gold's gym. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say that's the old golds, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, dude. All right. We should, we should plan a lift together sometime, dude. That'd be fun. Anytime, yeah. dude. Yeah, man. That'd be, uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. I get, I don't, you know, since it's kind of just now that you know shows are back you know it's pretty much in full force and everything i 
I'm going downtown a little more, but like during the whole pandemic, it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't downtown like at all for like, you know, a year and a half. So like getting back into, it's kind of exciting. You know, I, I, I like the vibe. So we'll definitely, we should definitely do that, man. That'd be a ton of fun. I'm totally down. Fuck yes, sir. There was something else I wanted to ask you. What the fuck was it? I don't know, man. It had something to do with, oh yeah, I knew what I wanted to tell you. No, uh, going back to uh, selectively drinking and, you know, be, being healthy with that. I was going to say, I hope you're not going to be sober at the Wednesday 13 show because I will make sure you're not in that case. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bad thing is, is I do stay fairly, I, I do pretty good at most band shows because I drive the van. Yeah. Okay. So there's that, right. but I won't be 100% sober, but. I'm also not going to wind up. I'm not going to be the falling down old 10 you, years ago. No, that's okay. Me either. That's, that's not a good look for anybody, no matter what, you know, there's, there's a, there's a line for that, but that's, you drive the band. That's awesome. man. That's, you're like the, the leader. They don't trust Todd with the vehicle. Is that what happens? I don't know that Todd's ever had a driver's license. That's probably for the better, you know, <laughs> it's probably for the better of society. No, I love Todd, man. He's a fucking character. Oh yeah, fantastic! Did you move to Pittsburgh with the intention to join the Cheats? Is that kind of what brought you here, or did you just um, did it just happen? I had I was over. I was in Atlanta prior to living here, and I was done with Atlanta mentally for probably the last year and a half to two years. But I didn't know where I wanted to go next. Okay. And, some things happened. I, I, my old band from Charlotte had gotten back together a little bit, and we had played a show up here in Pittsburgh. Some things happened that caused me to come up to Pittsburgh and visit a little bit more often. And I really fell in love with Pittsburgh. And Todd found out I was looking, talking about moving here, possibly, and he hit me up and he's like, are you thinking of moving here? I said, well, I'm kind of like 75%. He's like, do you want to join the cheats? I'm like, well, it'll be eight months before I move there. He's like, I'll fire somebody and get by with fill-ins. You're in the cheats if you want it. And I'm like, okay, I'm moving to Pittsburgh, man. No like, That's cool. I enjoyed, the, like, I enjoyed the city, but you give me like, you tell me right up, hey, you're joining the best punk band in Pittsburgh. Like, Oh, yeah. Here, here it is. You know, if you want it, like, okay, I'm like, why move to a city then that I don't know anybody and I'm going to spend a year getting in the scene and maybe finding a band right. or move here and just walk right into legends, you know? Right. They are. I mean, local legends, dude. That's, that's yeah. a crazy story, dude. That's awesome, man. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that happened that like that, man. I'm glad Pittsburgh was, you know, w was good to you. That makes me happy, you know, because I always, you know, I, I travel around too. And, and I always, I sometimes I think I want to move and uh, it's just for a change of pace somewhere different. But like, I really do love Pittsburgh, man. It's cool being from here. It's such a cool vibe. And it's, it, it just, it feels like, it feels like home, you know, it's a, it's a really cool place. I'm glad that you feel that way about it. I, yeah, I absolutely love it here. And it was one, probably the best decision I've made with my life. Wow. I, that's so cool to hear, man. 
I'm glad you're doing well, dude. It's awesome. I'm, you know, I'm thankful for you. Honestly, your support to Death Comes Lifting and just, you know, being friends means a lot, man. I think I think you're fucking awesome. And I, I love what you do. You as well, brother. Well, thank you, dude. I think that's a perfect place to end this, bro. That's that that's awesome, dude. That was a ton of fun. Thanks for thanks for coming on. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to get a lift on. Anytime. Sweet. You got my number now, so I, let's I do got it. you. We'll stay in touch, man. If I don't see you at a show soon, we'll make that happen. Okay. Sounds like plan, buddy. All right, my man. Thank you for your time, brother. See you Thank soon. Thank you. Anytime, man.